Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettle Cast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 116-113 to win over the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks start this series with the same way they started the two series before them, going into the opponent's building and getting a big win. Without further ado, let's get into it. This Hawks team has no fear. They continue to go into other teams' buildings, get wins, and play loose. While they got behind in this game, this was a game that was played between 10 points on either side. Milwaukee had a 9-point lead, and the Hawks built as big as a 7-point lead. But this game ultimately came down to the final quarter, and it was just two teams going back and forth. In the first quarter, I thought both teams looked tired, and that is to be expected after both were coming off 7-game series, one with the Bucks going into overtime, and the Hawks having a slog fest with the, with the Philadelphia 76ers. That was just, at the end of it, a matchup as Joel Embiid tried to hammer his way through to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Hawks didn't even get to come back to Atlanta. They went straight to Milwaukee from Philadelphia. In fact, Coach McMillan told them to pack their bags for that big trip because they were not going to be coming back to Atlanta. But the first quarter would finish with Milwaukee building a 28-25 to lead. Two key plays at the end of that quarter. Solomon Hill got a putback. While Lou Williams had a three right at the end of the first quarter to keep the Hawks within three points, uh, the Hawks went to a lineup that had Solomon Hill on Giannis in the, to start the second quarter. It did not work. Giannis went right around Solomon Hill, and Nate McMillan called one of the quickest timeouts I've seen in a long time, immediately switching that lineup. We got the only uh, playing time for Aneka Kongwu in that second quarter, and I thought he did a nice job. He even got matched up with Giannis at one point and blocked him. Um but the Milwaukee Bucks would be able to put up 31 points in that second quarter. Uh, the Hawks put up 29 of their own and would get go into halftime down 54 to 59. In the third quarter, the Hawks went up with an offensive explosion. This quarter had everything from the Hawks. Trey Young getting hot, um, him settling for some three pointers, but him hitting some big three pointers after the uh, Bucks were able to go on a little bit of a lead. One thing that the Hawks did very effectively in this game is they really did a nice job of taking advantage of any time Giannis was off the court. In the second quarter, the Hawks went on a 15-4 to run to get back into the game, and then or a 14-4, a 15-5 to run in the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, the Hawks went on a 14-4 to run that put helped them build a lead immediately when Giannis went off the court. And that is something the Hawks are going to have to do all series. Giannis is an incredible player. He finished this game with... 34 points, 9 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Um, I actually thought Clint Capella did a pretty nice job. It's got to be kind of whiplash going from Embiid, who's just going to bludgeon you, to Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's going to try to run around you, um, who's just as strong and kind of want to get wants to get to a similar shot as Embiid with the little uh, left side fadeaway. But um, the minutes that Giannis is not on the court, the Hawk, Hawks have to do a good job of, t- of attacking and getting a lead in that point, and they did that in this game. But the third quarter had some just massive highlights. Uh, John Collins had a couple alley-oops, including one off the glass. Trey got around a uh, screen and roll and was left wide open until Bobby Portis tried to chase him down and and force a bad shot. But Trey just stood there, did a little shimmy, drained a three, and the Hawks were able to ride that momentum to an 88-85 to lead going into the fourth quarter. Now, this fourth quarter... 
man, this was a war going back and forth. Both teams knew how important this game was. And the uh, Milwaukee Bucks did a really good job of after every timeout. And even to start the quarter, they went and they fed Giannis Antetokounmpo right at the basket. They were able to get an alley-oop to Giannis seemingly every time coming out of timeouts. And they were able to build up a seven-point lead with 420 left in this game after the Hawks had taken a little four-point lead previously in the fourth quarter. But at that seven-point lead, which was capped by a five-point possession in which Giannis got ahead of the pack, Kevin Herter tried to foul him, Giannis was able to put up the shot and get a layup. He then missed the and-one free throw, but the Milwaukee Bucks were able to get the rebound, get a Drew Holiday three-pointer to put them up seven with 420 left. And that was a gut check. But like we've seen with this Hawks team, they never give up. They never think they're down. And the Hawks went on an immediate 5-0 run of their own to bring this game within two. And then it was it, this game was on, and it was anyone's game from that point on. Um, the Giannis and the Bucks would be able to get some dunks and really cling to this four-point lead. And every time the Hawks were able to kind of inch closer, match the shot, much like in the Sixers game, the Hawks were able to um, get a corner three from John Collins to get this game within one. And the Hawks finally took a lead with under a minute to go off a Clint Capella putback. Now, I'm as hard as anyone on Clint Capella. I think sometimes he doesn't finish as strong as he, he should. He likes to go for some finesse finishes. But in this game, those finesse finishes actually were pretty effective. He had a nice pirouette um, at one point where he was able to get the ball up over the rim and in, and then to, for this final shot to put the Hawks up one, he got a rebound, was able to use a pump fake, and then use his left hand to get the ball to go in off the off the backboard and put the Hawks up one. Um, it wasn't finished at that point. In fact, the Hawks did a nice job, played some really good defense, and got a stop. But then on the next offensive possession. The Hawks had one of the worst offensive possessions all night where they got a shot clock violation and it allowed the uh, it allowed the Bucks to get back into this game and have a chance to take the lead again. Um, I felt like the Bucks kind of settled for some three-pointers at the end of this game. Uh, Connington and Chris Middleton in particular could just not hit anything from beyond the arc. And the Hawks were able to take a Pat Connington miss. The Bucks tried to keep it in bounds, but the ball found its way into the backcourt and Trey Young was able to chase it down. He got fouled, made both free throws to put the Hawks up three. The next possession, after a Bucks timeout, they didn't even get a three-pointer up. Uh, Drew Holiday decided to pass to a kind of an open Giannis right under the basket, and Solomon Hill smartly fouled Giannis with about five seconds to go. Giannis, I will give him credit, knocked down those two big free throws right then, um, but the Hawks were able to get the ball into Trey Young, um, he got fouled again, putting the finishing touches on his 48-point night, and uh, the 70 at the end. The Bucks just weren't able to get a good three-point look at the end of the game, and the Hawks come out of Game One with the 1-0 series lead, 116 to 113, went over the Milwaukee Bucks. This was a much, or it felt like a much higher-paced game than anything that the Hawks did against the 76ers. Uh, the Hawks shot 49% from the field, 47 of 95, while Milwaukee shot 46%, 47 of 102. Neither team shot the ball from deep particularly effectively. The Hawks were 8 of 32, while the Milwaukee Bucks were 8 of 36. Not a lot of fouling in this game. Both teams um, got to the line at least 14 times. The Hawks were 14 of 16 from the free throw line, while the Bucks were 11 of 14. 
Um, and the really big difference to me in this game was the rebounding. Um, neither team dominated on the boards, but the Hawks out-rebounded the Bucks 51-45, to and the Hawks had nine second-chance points in that really decisive fourth quarter. John Collins and Clint Capella did a fantastic job really attacking the boards. The Bucks made the decision not to play Brooke Lopez in that fourth quarter, and so the Hawks took advantage of that, got on the boards, and those nine second-chance points were huge in getting keeping the Hawks in this game and then ultimately getting the lead and getting the win. Um, the Hawks didn't do a particularly good job protecting the ball. They had 13 turnovers compared to just eight from the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are not a team that typically turns it over a lot, um, and the Hawks are going to have to find some way to really slow them down. But again, that rebounding, when the Bucks were missing three-pointers, the Hawks did a nice job on the glass getting those rebounds. Um, the bench scoring, the Hawks only got 16 points off the bench compared to 20 from Milwaukee Bucks. Bobby Portis was pretty effective scoring the ball for the, for the Bucks. It's going to be interesting if Coach Bud goes to Bobby Portis more as this series goes on. Portis certainly has a more offensive punch, but John Collins was able to really punish Bobby Portis and other smaller Bucks players whenever he got switched onto them on the offensive side of the ball. But let's look at some individual performances. This game starts with one Trey Young. He was just magnificent. Well, not a perfect game, but really magnificent. Played 41 minutes, was 17 of 34 from the field, 4 of 13 on his three-pointers. For 48 points, he had seven rebounds, one of them offensive. He went through P.J. Tucker and got a rebound and a putback. He had 11 assists, six turnovers, which he can certainly cut down on, one steal, just three fouls, and he was plus 10. All of the Hawks starters were in the positive and the plus minus, which just really showed how effective the Hawks were. They took advantage of any time Giannis was on the bench. In fact, Giannis was the only positive for the uh, Milwaukee's and their starter, but um, Trey Young was just finding his his teammates. He had he would have had one more assist. They don't count his, the ball he tossed off the glass to John Collins as an assist, but he was getting wherever he wanted. I even think he could have um, had a few more floaters go down. He could have gotten 50 if he made all his free throws. He could have gotten to 50 in the first half. He had a couple of shots where he stepped right on the line. He wasn't getting he was doing a step back and he wasn't able to get all the way behind the three point line. He could have gotten 50 that way, but just. Just the kind of performance you want to see from Trey Young, especially after struggling to shoot the ball in that finale of the 76er series. John Collins was a monster. John Collins, 11 of 16 from the field, 1 of 5 from three-pointers. I thought it was good that he was taking those three-pointers. That uh, percentage will go up. Of course, the one he made was probably the biggest of the game as it kept the Hawks, got them within one in that under a minute to go. Um, finished with 23 points, 15 boards, five of them offensive, one assist, just three fouls, played 37 minutes. Um, if you're not going to slow down Trey Young and you're not going to slow down John Collins, you're in for a long night, and the Hawks rode their two young stars to this win. Kevin Herter came in, and he was just his steady self. Um, he will shoot the ball better from three-point land where he was just one of six, but he was five of 12 from the field for 13 points. He had two rebounds, just one assist. Three fouls. He was plus 15. Um, I thought he did a nice job of playing defense on Drew Holiday. Drew would have a big game, but Kevin's ability to be able to switch between Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday and have a size advantage is just really big for the Hawks. And his his uh, skill that he's found in this playoffs is being able to get into the paint, elevate, and hit that shot. 
It's been a place where the Hawks can find consistent offense if they're going through a stretch and they need a bucket. They can just go to Red Velvet. In the paint area, he can elevate over about anyone. He had a beautiful shot where he hung in the air and even shot it over Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Kevin Herter just continues to play good basketball. Clint Capella, really solid performance from the Swiss Bank. 6 of 9 from the field, 12 points, 19 rebounds, 19 rebounds, 4 of those offensive Two assists, one steal, and one massive block. He erased a Chris Middleton shot at the basket, um, and and had the basket to put the and Clint Capella had the basket to put the Hawks up one with under a minute to go in the game. Bogdan Bogdanovich, I thought Bogdan played a a very solid game. He's clearly not a hundred percent, but he played twenty seven minutes, just one of six from the field, and zero of two on both of his three pointers. But instead of it all being short like it was in the last game against the Sixers. A lot of Bogdanovich's shots were online and just a little bit long, which I thought was encouraging. Again, he's not moving 100%, but he was able to get three steals. He had three rebounds and two assists. I think he's figuring out a way to play with this brace. It looked like they had a different type of brace on his knee this time. And he just looked a little bit more mobile than uh, certainly game six against the Sixers, but uh, game seven against the Sixers as well. Off the bench... Danilo Gallinari did his usual kind of slow start, but strong finish. He was four of nine from the field, finished the game with nine points, one rebound, two fouls, and two turnovers. Solomon Hill played 20 minutes. It was uh, interesting to see Nate McMillan stick with Solo. Again, he just had that one possession guarding Giannis, and then he was on Middleton a lot. Um, The Bucs definitely tried to target Solomon Hill and tried to get him on Giannis a few more times, but Solomon Hill is a very smart player. He had a massive dunk himself. He did a nice job to start the fourth quarter of just going right down the paint and getting a dunk. Um, but Solomon Hill, solid minutes, just two of four, missed his two three-pointers, um, had three rebounds, two assists, uh, but his minus five was the best of the bench. Um, Lou Williams played 12 minutes. He was just one of five from the field. His one shot he made was that three-pointer for three points, but I thought it was a solid Lou Williams game. He didn't hunt for his three-pointer if it wasn't working. And the shots he missed were all Lou Williams shots that he normally makes. They were shots that either went in and out or he was on the left, going to the left. I thought Lou played a really solid game. Um, McMillan only played him for 12 minutes. It'll be interesting to see how the coaches match each other with the different smaller guards on their benches. But um, despite Lou only getting three points, I thought he didn't try to do too much in those minutes and was very solid and do much more under control than sometimes you can get if he's not having his shot go down. Finally, Okongwu only played two and a half minutes. He had a rebound and a block. His rebound was offensive. His block was on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and I wonder if, as the series goes on, Nate McMillan is willing to trust his rookie center more and more. But uh, I thought Okongwu was solid in his two and a half minutes, and we'll just have to see where he goes from there. Cam Reddish was available for this game. First time all postseason that he has been available. And it'll be interesting to see if McMillan ever goes to the third, the second year player out of Duke. But it was good to see that he was available, elevated after that. I think Bogdan playing as well as he did probably was enough to keep uh, Reddish on the bench. But that's something to monitor going forward. For the Bucks, it of course starts with the two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. 34 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, was plus 4. The only Buck starter in the plus, positive in the plus minus. Just really hard to stop this guy. He's called the Greek Freak for a reason. 
He's able to take two strides from the three-point line and get to the basket. Um, he's kind of everywhere defensively. The Bucks went to him at the five a little bit at the end of the game. But the Hawks have their handful. I do like the matchup of Clint Capella on Antetokounmpo, and I thought that the Hawks as a team did a nice job of really challenging the shots at the rim, and they did disrupt him a little bit. But you have to give uh, Giannis a lot of credit. He was 6 of 8 from the free throw line. I think he shot under 50% from the free throw line in the previous series. Um, and so it's going to be something to monitor how the Hawks uh, defend Giannis and what different coverages they throw at him. Drew Holiday played 42 minutes. He was frankly incredible. He had 33 points, 5 of 12 from the three-point land, um, four rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, you know, if Drew Holiday has games like that, it's going to be really tough for the Hawks to get wins. It was really impressive that the Hawks were able to get a win with Giannis and Holiday going off, but it kind of spoke to how poorly the rest of this Bucks team played. Chris Middleton did not have a solid game one. 0 of 9 from three-point land. He had a couple shots in the last few minutes that would have put the Bucks up by a bunch, but he finished with 15 points, five rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Brooke Lopez only played 20 minutes. The drop coverage that the Bucks like to play kind of feeds right into Trey Young's strength, so that's why you saw Lopez get uh, pulled in the fourth quarter. He was 3 of 7 from the field. His one of four on the three-point shot, his one three-pointer, the first play of the game. He had two rebounds and one block. And then P.J. Tucker had four points, played 35 minutes, had two assists, three fouls. It's just tough for the uh, Bucks to kind of play some of these slower players against the Hawks who really have a lot of young guys that can move and cut. It was, um, I thought the Bucks did a nice job of destroying the Hawks with some of their back cuts and things like that um, to the tune of outscoring the Hawks in the paint 70-54. to 54. But uh, the Hawk, the Bucks are going to have to get better contributions out from Middleton, Lopez, and Tucker if they want to get wins in this series. But Hawks go into uh, Pfizer Forum, I think is what they call it up there, and get a big win in Game One. And now all the pressure is on the Bucks to get a win in Game Two. Game Two is on Friday, and the Kettlecast will be here to recap that game. After that, go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.